Hey everybody, it's Tim Malcolm, the host of Playing the Rube, the podcast in which myself and Dan Walsh try to become better GMs of the Phillies than Ruben Amaro Jr. back in 2009 and beyond. Our job is to make it a little bit better for the Phillies in the future. Not trying to uh, hold on to the old pieces too much and trying to keep the team young and good and competitive and all of that good stuff. That's the name of the podcast. That's what we do. And uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and uh, YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. That's where you can find Playing the Rube. How are we doing right now? Well, the Phillies stink. They've been stinking for a long time in this game. We are doing a terrible job. 21 games under 500. It's bad. Most of the players that we inherited just are not good in this game, so we are trying desperately to figure out the solutions. Last time out, we fired our pitching coach. Now we have a new pitching coach, and we're hoping to rebound with a couple of nice series against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays. I will give you a little bit of a spoiler. It gets really, really hilarious very quickly. Again, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker and YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. You can go to philliesnation.com for all of your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, much more. Instagram at philliesnation underscore. Twitter at philliesnation. Facebook.com slash philliesnation. Go there today for everything you need as we head into the 2018 season in real life. But now let's go back into 2009, and we will start where we left off last week with this hilarious little bit of an exchange between myself and Dan. It's not like we're winning anything this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, at this point, I was thinking about this the other day. At a certain point, you and I have to wonder if we're going to lose our jobs. With that, let's play the Rube. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of It's time to enter an alternate history where two men attempt to become the best general managers they can be of the 2009 Philadelphia Phillies. But what happens instead is absolutely hysterical. This is Playing the Room. June 23rd, 2009, the Phillies are 24 and 45. Yes, we're 21 games under 500. It couldn't get any worse. Oh, just you wait, listener. Just right, you wait. A little better baseball lately, Dan, and now we're going to Tampa Bay, and we thought, I guess, that Eric Hurley was going to pitch, but Charlie Manuel decided to again usurp us and put Cole Hamels in the rotation spot to face Joe Blanton, so that must make you feel a little upset. Well, the element of surprise is useful in baseball. I just didn't think that our own coaching staff would use it against us. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that Charlie Manuel has against us right now is he can use the element of surprise because otherwise we're going to just fire him like we fired his pitching coach recently. Well, it's a topic of discussion that has come up before for us, so I don't know if he really wants to be surprising us uh, too often. That finger is very close to the fire button, and it's just a button. I don't even have to talk to him. It's just a button. I just realized that over the past couple days that you could just push a button and he can go. 
it is so easy, isn't it? The these are the marvels of modern technology. Yeah. 2009 Modern Technology is fantastic. Hopefully it doesn't get any better from here. All right. Um, so nothing to do today. I guess we can just sort of watch this game as, as Hamels goes up against Blanton. I will say that once Eric Hurley does make his first career start, I want to be there at the game and I want to watch the game. So um, we'll, we'll take that plane ride to Tampa. Uh, there's no other reason to go to Tampa. Uh, you know, maybe we can go to Clearwater in the spring training facility and just hang out, but Honestly, it's not a big deal. So I, I'm I'm finding the comfort and the creature comforts of my own home in Philadelphia. That's fine. I mean, there is a little bit of pressure on us for that Hurley start if it ever actually happens, if it stops being pushed back, um, yeah. because he's he's one of our guys. He's someone that you and I brought in. He was actually one of our first moves. Yeah, he was. And of course, Charlie Manuel is deciding to not honor one of our first moves. So uh, it's it's just good. It's good stuff. So all right, um, Tampa. Joe Blanton, who we traded to Tampa for a score of pitchers and Brian Dozier, uh, and Cole Hamels on the hill. I think a win's in order. Tampa's good, though, 47-25, first place. But I think a win is in order tonight. I could see it. I mean, we certainly have the, the pitching matchup. It's in our favor. June 24, 2009, the Phillies are 24-46. and 46. Like I said, just you wait. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Did somebody hurt? No. What do you think is the stupidest thing that can happen uh, in a game between Joe Blanton and us? He didn't know hit us, did he? Bingo. Oh, no. (laughs) He threw 141 pitches. He struck out 11. (laughs) He walked three. Had the best start of his life in his first start against his former team. <laughs> I just, I have no words. <laughs> uh, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Ah, uh, Hamels went eight. He walked four, struck out four, gave up. Six hits and gave up four runs. Uh, Jermaine Die, who we tried to get in the trade, uh, hit a grand slam in the eighth inning. Wow. So all the run scoring came off of that one Jermaine Dye. at-bat. Wow. Who's getting paid $13.5 million this year and hitting three eighteen well, for the for the Rays with 22 homers. <laughs> well, that's not bad. Yeah, our own $13 million guy, Raul Labanez, is putting up a turd this year. <laughs> Two twelve. Come on. What is this? What is th- what is happening? You no this hit. is, it's just, it's the worst of all possible worlds that we're living in. No hit by Joe Blanton. <laughs> oh my God. That's unbelievable. I have, I don't have words. We have to go to Tampa now. If only to just go to the clubhouse and put the piss in the guys. Well, maybe you and I can pick up a bat and see what happens. You know, that's a great idea. Oh, you mean to hit? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to injure anybody. I'm not trying to end up in jail, although that would be a very interesting turn for this podcast to take. I mean, I can, I can become villainous. I could be the evil GM, more evil than Ruben Amaro was. 
knowing what I do about Philadelphia fans from my experience as one, I'm going to say that you're already a villain. All right, so we're going to Tampa. I've decided we are going to fly out. Um, first off, because we got no hit by Joe Blanton, and I'm just pissed that we got no hit by Joe Blanton. Second, because Eric Hurley is pitching tonight. He did get the call. He's going up against James Shields, big game James. So uh should be an interesting night for us. Big game. James is also he was also a name that we brought up as a possible trade target never quite took shape it was very preliminary but um, I'm excited to see Eric Hurley yeah uh, Shields has a 3-3-5 ERA this year so you know good stuff from him this year I think the cost for him was a little too high for the Rays um, to trade him to us so that's why we decided uh, we're just going to go the other way with that and just got news this morning that Dominic Brown is out for a couple of days. He uh, just had a hyperextended knee, and it could affect his running. So I don't want to take any chances with that. I'm putting him on the DL. And I'm going to bring up Stephen Batts, who in 37 games in Lakewood, sitting 302, 331, 439 with three home runs and 11 RBI. Uh, he's not necessarily a prospect or anything, but his rates – seem to tell me that he's got the gap power that can play at another level. Maybe he can work on the other stuff. So Bats is going to go up to Clearwater. And Williamsport, which has just started their play, um, they need to bring someone up as well. But we don't really have uh, anybody who can really work that out, so I'm going to do that one sort of on the quiet and find someone to bring up to Lakewood. So uh, that's where we're at right now in that situation. But Tampa, what? so are you excited about going to Tampa again? We were there in uh, spring training. Uh, well, you know, it's really I can be excited as I want now, but I'm more interested to see how I feel tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you could feel very hungover uh, just with complete, you know, drunken hallucinations of watching James Shields throw another no-hitter against the Phillies and Eric Hurley give up 12 runs or something against the Rays. Or you could be hungover with joy uh, from watching Eric Hurley throw a no-hitter and James Shields give up 12 runs to the Phillies. It could happen. It could. I mean, so so how do you think it'll really go? What are your expectations for Hurley in this, oh, in this I think game? he's given up 12 runs. Do you? <laughs> not not like somewhere in between, not like some kind of modest start. I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting perfection or anything, but like four runs in five innings seems reasonable to me. Yeah, I you know, four runs in five innings would be great. I think that that's totally uh, uh, what I could – I would like that. Um, I worry that he would have a worse start than that. You know, Tampa's not a great offense or anything, but they're a very good team. Um, so it's a very tough first assignment for him, but anything like under four runs in five innings, if he goes six innings and gives up four runs, or if he gives up less than four runs in five innings, then that's great. I think that's totally, you know, a, a good outing for him. Um, but I am, I think probably leaning more on the side of he's going to not have a great start and we're just going to look like idiots. I, that seems distinctly possible given how the rest of the season has gone. I will say that we are now far enough into the season that even though his his ratings, you know, his overall rating and his potential rating uh, are not sublime by any stretch, we're far enough into the season that the statistics should be significant. And so there should be hope that perhaps he is emerging as 
uh, a more qualified candidate than his ratings initially suggested. Yeah, he had a very good year uh, so far in um, Lehigh Valley. Uh, I'll pull up the stats real quick. I'm also just checking out the waiver wire right now, and there's a pitcher who's available for Chicago, but he's not very good. Uh, Lehigh Valley threw 79 innings uh, with a 2.71 ERA, 65 strikeouts, 28 walks. Good numbers, 7.3K per nine, 3.2 walk per nine. The walks have kind of been in that zone for the past couple of years. So, you know, that's what it is. He has made major league uh, appearances before, so this isn't his first major league start. Um, he's 1-2 with a 5.47 ERA with the Rangers last year. So we're not breaking ground here with him, but for us it's a win because we brought him in sort of as a minor league signing before spring training, and he's turned out to be pretty decent choice for us. So, all right, you ready to do this? You ready to watch this game tonight and maybe maybe get a surprise win against a team that, again, Joe Blanton just no-hit us? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. Sounds, sounds great. <laughs> that is as enthusiastic as I get. <laughs> June 25th, 2009. The Phillies are 24 and 47. How long did we last in this stadium? Not too long, let me tell you that much. All right, well, we left the game early because we were just freaking tired of this. Uh, we lost 12 to nothing. Did we really? 12 to nothing. Do you want to make some predictions that go in our favor for the next few games and see, see if it works? Loss, 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 loss. Win, loss, loss. The other, I mean, so the other option, now that you're such a prognosticator, is uh, we might need to place some bets um, and earn a living that way because I don't think that our current living is going to last very long. It seems like every week we end, I mean, not every week, but usually we end feeling pretty good. Don't you think? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I can't wait to get back in it. And then we start up again and that does not last very long yep i guess the question now is what do we do with eric hurley so we can keep him in philly and give him another chance we can move him back to lehigh valley the reason we brought him up in the first place was scott casimir we lost for two months uh if not more with a bone spur in fact his season's probably over so we're kind of here's the thing David Price is in Lehigh Valley right now. Uh, in his first couple starts, he's a 3.94 ERA, 18 strikeouts, 10 walks. So, you know, he could probably use a little more time. Carlos Carrasco has a 3.91 ERA, but has 93 strikeouts and 31 walks. And then there's Tyson Brummett. There's Radonis Liz, who I think is in a relief role potentially, but he's still thought of as a starting pitcher. Rudy Owens is out there as well. 3.31 ERA, 26 strikeouts and 11 walks. So, the option is, if we bring Hurley back to Lehigh Valley, we could bring up one of the other guys, but I feel like they would have to be there for good. Like, they're not coming to Philly just to come to Philly. They're coming to Philly to stay in Philly. If not one of those guys, we could just move Rodrigo Lopez to the rotation until we feel confident about Carrasco or Price or Owens. Uh, Thoughts? Yeah, well, you're right. Since... Since we're looking for someone to fill in long-term, this isn't just going to be two more stars that we need to fill. I think that every time we give someone a chance, we do have to, like, really give them that chance. Um, and we can't just, like, try to fill, you know, send some guy out every time he has a bad start. So why don't we give 
Hurley, another start. That's what, you know, my vote is for that. Um, it probably won't go super well, but it's at least worth a shot. And then we don't blow through all our possibilities, uh, you know, prematurely. And, um, you know, just like on a statistical level, usually streaks and, and stuff like that aren't statistically significant until like three or four bad starts for a pitcher in a row. So, um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll take that long to tell if this was a one-off thing or if he's really just not cut out for the big leagues. I think that's a smart way to do it. I'm on board with having Hurley go another start at least. You know, it sucks that this was the outcome. Uh, he's not a great pitcher, you know, by ratings and such, but his numbers in the minors have given him the opportunity. So we have to honor that a little bit. I don't think he's a long-term solution necessarily, but we do have to honor what he's done to deserve the shot. So I'm I'm fine with that. And yeah, with Carrasco, with Owens, with uh, Price, once one of those guys comes up, that's it. I don't want to move them back to Lehigh Valley. I don't want to mess with them. They have to stay up. So, you know, obviously, if Hurley flames out after two or three starts, we can decide, is this time to bring up a Carrasco, a Price, or an Owens, and we can actually look at how they're doing and make the decision that way. Um, Also, we can just watch them and when they're ready and when we feel like they are really, you know, it's time for them to be the majors, we make that move. But for now, I think you're right. Hurley is, he needs to be here another start at least, just so that we can see him in a different light. You know, maybe, I mean, the next start he'll have probably is against Atlanta, so that's not great either. But it's not, you know, it's not Jermaine Dye who's OPSing 1,000 this year. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So I think, I think we're agreed then. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, is there anything that we want to do before we finish this series here against Tampa? I mean, this offense is disastrous. And, you know, they played just crappy. I mean, they played, like, I don't know how else to put it. Um, Abanez has been terrible. 208, 285, 349. Those are not good numbers. For anybody, especially a guy who we paid a lot of money to, Jason Worth is 245, 353, 455, so that's not bad, um, but you know, if he's going to be struggling, then we need someone else to pick it up, and that's not happening. Johnny Gomes hitting 200, 271, 342, and Pedro Alvarez, who we also picked up in a trade recently, is hitting 200, 263, 329. I mean, do we do anything here, or do we just decide, like, to play out this string. Abanez, I mean, his contract is not necessarily movable right now. Yeah, I mean, what what do you do when it's the whole yeah. team struggling? It's not just one or two guys. It's, I mean, it really is everybody hitting the, the worst cost possible projection that they could have. And the ones that aren't are hurt anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, So between injury and poor performance, it's really we have very few players who are actually playing to the standard that they should be. The sad thing is that Chase Utley's having a 295, 408, 492 season, and he's got to be on this track right now. So he's got 44 walks and 38 strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to train him because I love him. No, I mean, it's not. The, I'm just saying it just sucks. That yeah, he's on this team as this is happening. So, and all right. I, I mean, questions remain, like the the fact that. We've been trying to hold this core together as much as we can because 
you know, even even if this is a bad year, a lot of these guys will be here for for years to come. But how? I mean, who's to say that they won't that this won't just happen again next year? Yeah. Waiver Wire has a couple interesting names on here. Uh, one of them is a Chicago outfielder, Brian uh, Myro, who is kind of old. He's 32. He's not that old. 32, hitting 244, 354, 341. It's better than any of our other outfielders. And then Andrew Jones, who is in Colorado really? right now. which is Yeah, he's in Colorado, which is really weird. But he's hitting 212, 317, 576. Um, so the slugging is still good, but everything else is sort of off. He's only a 25 overall potential right now. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but it's an interesting name. Yeah, not someone I would expect to see on the waiver wire, but I don't know if he's a huge upgrade over some of the guys that we already have. I mean, the only thing I would say about like an Andrew Jones is he's he's actually probably an upgrade from like a Johnny Gomes right now, but at the same time, you know, we deliberately I mean, look, we didn't get Johnny Gomes for a lot. We got him for Paul Baco. But we also brought in John, uh, Johnny Gomes is like, we want to see what he can do as a starter. So I think bringing someone like Andrew Jones would kind of be unfair to that process. Yeah, that's true. But what do you think? I mean, are you are you more like, this is interesting? I don't know. I do think it's interesting. I mean, how much is he being paid? 500K. Oh, so that's that's almost nothing. I mean, we don't want to keep... We've been saying that about a lot of players. The next thing you know, your your uh, your budget you know shrinks pretty quickly. Um, the, I don't know. The thing about Jones is that his slugging numbers are pretty good still. Um, he also rates high in that place, like sixty five home run power, sixty gap power, or something like that. Um, or is it sixty i? Let me just take a look again. No, it's sixty i, sixty five home run power, fifty gap power. But his, so his advanced numbers, he's hitting, his ISO is a 364, and he, and he hasn't had a ton of plate appearances, only 41, um, but his walk numbers, 12.2 walk percentage, 24 strikeout percentage, these are actually pretty decent ratings, and you would believe that he would get better, like he, that, that the numbers that he has on the average, on the on-base percentage are a little bit low for everything else he's doing. So where, where does he stand as far as his clubhouse personality, his leadership ability, that kind of stuff? Okay. So teammates feel Jones uh, could show more restraint when speaking to the press. Okay. Uh, and yeah, he's angry. Okay. The reason he's on the waiver wire is disruptive influences. So that's not great. So the reason I ask is that I'm wondering if part of the reason our team, so many people on our team have underperformed is clubhouse chemistry or lack of leadership or general unhappiness. And thinking back now on this season, I'm wondering if that is something that we should have accounted for more than we did. I mean, you and I are numbers guys and, um, forget sometimes that, uh, or, or, or let me put it differently. It's so hard to quantify, you know, in the vein of being numbers guys, the effect of clubhouse chemistry. It's not that it's not there. It's that how do you quantify it? And I think that it's possible that this season is kind of showing us how to quantify that. The, 
I'm looking at our chemistry right now, and I think you're right that we don't necessarily quantify that well enough. Um, the disruptive influence on this, it, the, the disruptive influences on this team, it's really weird. Cole Hamels, Chase Utley, Chano Park. What? So these are three typically respected players who are having good seasons. Yeah, that doesn't make the, sense to me. And a fourth one is Eric Bruntlett, who is also tabbed as unmotivated. And I honestly believe his his season, he's not played at all, and he's not good, really. We could just – we could cut him. We could, we could let him go. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, anytime he has to go, I'm not gonna, I'm I not mean, gonna fight against it. I don't know, you know, I mean, who you put in this place. Yeah, we don't need to make that move or anything right now. But I'm just saying, like, you know, like Bruntlet is, you know, nothing. But it's weird. Like, I'm looking at the player class. We don't have a we are, our captain's Chase Utley, and they're saying he's trying his best, but the clubhouse isn't in ter, ter, total turmoil. It's just unhappy, which is kind of weird. Okay, so games better than I thought. They're just miserable. Um, Rodrigo Lopez is considered a leader. Really? That makes me wonder if maybe we should put him in a starting role. Again. Yeah. Um, why don't we give, why don't we give Hurley like one more start? And if it goes poorly, then Lopez maybe can, can have a shot at that spot. They can just switch places or something. The funny thing is, Hurley is uh, called a spark plug on this team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's probably so excited to be there. <laughs> he's, all, he's also sparking the other team to kill the ball against him. Yes. So speaking of the other team, we have Brett Myers on the hill tonight against Ben Sheets. By the way, remember, Ben Sheets is picked up by the Rays, uh, one of the guys that we had entertained early in the season. And he's got a three five three ERA, 10-2. and two. You know, he's doing fine. Yeah, it would, be, it would be nice. It would be nice to have that on our club, actually. It would. Maybe we could beat him. Yeah, uh, it's worth a shot. I mean, what choice do we have but to try? June twenty sixth, two thousand nine. The Phillies are twenty four and forty eight. Yes, we have finally doubled up our win total for the season with losses. Congratulations to the worst team I have ever been a part of in my life. 14 to 10 loss. So we scored runs. We did score runs. This is this is a true story. <laughs> Things happened that were not as bad as previously, but we still got swept by the Rays. So in this game, we conveniently we conveniently had a lead. We were up 6 to 2 after the first inning. Then it was tied at 6, then it was tied at 7, then it was tied at 9, then we got a 10th run, and then the Rays scored 5 in the 8th against Chano Park. Well, that's what he gets for being a clubhouse distraction, or whatever it said. Yeah, we actually handed Sheets a bad start, although we only had one earned run, so maybe not. But Brett Myers gave up 6 runs in 5 innings, he looked Crap, as usual. He's got a 5.19 ERA. Jeff Soup pitched terrible again. He's got an 8.18 ERA. Chandler's got a 4.89. Kyle Kendrick mopped it up, but still has a 5 ERA. 
Chase Utley hit a home run. Matt Steris hit two home runs. Still couldn't win. Still sink. All right, so now we have a team that we actually beat not that long ago. We have a three-game set in Toronto, a team that we took two of three from. Maybe we could turn it around here. Jeremy Hellickson's on the hill against Brian Tallett, who's got a 5.87 ERA. I'm going to feel a lot more optimistic now. The Rays, they're very good. We know what they're capable of, but I think we can come into this Toronto series and actually take two. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to take two. Uh, sometimes I feel like I would settle for one, but let's shoot for two. We'll find out if we finally got a win this week coming up on Playing the Rube. But first, let me tell you about philliesnation.com. It has not been a busy time for Phillies fans with a lot of very small minor league invites and uh, not much else. I mean, we've all been really excited about the Eagles, of course, winning their first Super Bowl. So it's been a very quiet time for Phillies news and rumors. Well, there is still things you can read at philliesnation.com especially with Mickey Moniak, who did not make the top 100 for Baseball America. Our newest contributor, Brendan Sample, wrote about what exactly happened to Moniak in 2017. We also have a look at the current top 100 in the Baseball Prospectus rankings, and the Phillies showed very well in those rankings. Plus, we also took a look at projections for 2018. The Phillies actually, many believe, could win somewhere closer to 80 games this year, and we'll kind of talk about whether that is accurate or if maybe those uh, projections are a little too pie in the sky. All of that, plus a lot more of your news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more that you need about the Philadelphia Phillies at philliesnation.com. Go there today. Check us out on Twitter at philliesnation, Instagram at philliesnation underscore, and facebook.com slash philliesnation. Back to the podcast. June 27th, 2009, the Phillies are 24 and 49. Yes, I know. We still haven't gotten that 25th win yet. We keep losing. We lost 7 to 6. Okay, I mean we're still we're shooting for two here. We weren't shooting for three. We just we just wanted the two. How much do you want to bet this game? Also, yeah, we blew we blew the lead again. <laughs> Man, we had we were down five to one, and then we scored a run in the third, three in the fourth, one in the fifth. We had a six to five lead, and then the and the the the, the Jays scored two runs in the in the eighth inning. And Jesse Crane, no, Hellickson went into the eighth and gave up seven runs. Mm. Blah. How did he give them all up in the eighth? He gave up two runs in the eighth, so he had given up five runs up until up until. Yeah, he should have been, he should have been pulled sooner. Yeah, I don't know why he was out there still. That's not good. Not good. And. Johnny Gomes went three for five. Stairs went two for five. He's still hitting hot. Ruiz went two for three. Dobbs went two for three in left field. Dobbs is actually playing better than Raul Abanez right now. It's awesome. I feel great. I'm about to go and put my head in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you might find our season in there. 
I stop at this pretty good joke by Dan because it's kind of a turning point of the season for us right now. It's late June. We're about to get into the area where trade deadline comes and we have to think about guys who are going to move and maybe sell. But do we really have to sell? Do we have to be the team that tanks everything? We have some really good players already on board. These are the things going through my mind as we continue to lose more and more games and get no hit by Joe Blanton and give up 12 runs from a pitcher who we brought in early in the season who we thought could maybe help us out a little bit. He has not done that. We think we always make positive steps. Instead, we keep going backwards like three steps. But we still have hope. And that's why we're not throwing in the towel yet. In fact, things get a little bit better. Just listen to this game preview and continue on and you'll see. Okay, so maybe we can win two against the Jays. You know, maybe it's possible. Um, it's it's still possible, yeah. Jay Happ on the hill, who has pitched a little bit better since coming back. Scott Richmond for the Blue Jays. He's got a 4.68 ERA. We're going to win that 25th game sometime. Yeah, it might be in September. Think about June, okay? Think about June. <laughs> All right, yes, yes, I'll think about June. June 28, 2009, the Phillies are 25-49. and 49. Yes, we did it, friends. We did it. We got that 25th win, man. All right. I told you, it wasn't in doubt. It was in doubt. It's just... It was just uh... <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, and Jay Happ uh, pitched well as well. Um, he went seven innings, gave up one run, five hits, seven strikeouts, and a walk. Good quality start for Jay Happ, whose game score was 69. Nice. Jesse Crane with the hold, two hits in one inning of work. He struck out one. And Ryan Madsen with the save, struck out one in an inning as well. So finally, some good news. Jimmy Rollins hit a triple, hitting 282, having a great season. Pedro Alvarez got on the board with a double, two hits. Okay. Good. Good win, four to one, just solid, good baseball. We are we're, all right. Let's get another one. We're getting farther away from the Joe Blanton no hitter every day. <laughs> we have injuries in Lehigh Valley this morning. Jeremy Sladen, outfielder, is out, and Brad Harmon, second baseman, is out. Both are right now uncertain as far as their futures. Um, if we lose both of them, it's actually not a big deal. There's a little bit of a um, th- there's a little bit of a, a, a flux in, in Lehigh Valley right now. So if we lose a couple guys, it's okay. We do have a couple guys who are finishing up their rehabs though. Um, Scott Air is rehabbing in Lehigh and has only pitched two thirds of an inning. So that's good. Really helpful. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be a real difference maker when it comes back. And J.C. Romero, hopefully it's pitched oh, yeah. more than two-thirds of an inning. He has four innings, four innings in the book, and a 2-2-5 ERA, five strikeouts, two walks, solid, unspectacular. Same old J.C. Romero. Yeah, his, he's another one who his ratings aren't great. So it would it would be nice to get somebody back who would really who would really fill out our bullpen a lot. I just don't know if any of these guys will be someone who does. Yeah, we'd have to maybe make another trade to probably do that. 
Yeah, I'm already thinking about free agency, and we'll talk <laughs> about this. We'll already we'll talk about this more as it as it is actually closer. Um, but I'm wondering if we get enough uh, of a salary cushion after the season. If we should just fill out our bullpen, just sign all relievers if we can. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, if we have any money at all from the payroll to allow us to make moves, might be a good idea. I'm also on board with, you know, finding young pitchers in the minors who we can uh, turn into good pitchers uh, in the bullpen in the majors. So there's options, but I think you're right. We do need to focus on bullpen as one of the things. I mean, we have to focus on everything in the offseason, it looks like. This team is pretty bad shape. We were so confident in, at least in our position players, in our bats, and They've been so inconsistent. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, we'll have games where they break out for 10 runs, but then we'll go a long stretch where they score one run every game. All-star update, Chase Utley still leading all second baseman in voting. Jimmy Rollins is third among shortstops. Jason Wirth is second among right fielders, even though he doesn't play right field anymore. Starting pitcher Cole Hamels is fifth among starting pitchers. So could be representing the all-star game with a very bad team. Tells you everything you need to know about. I'm going to say our manager. That's what <laughs> definitely not us. It's not our fault at all. Not, e- not even close. All right. Hamels on the hill. 2.72 ERA against Joel Carreno of uh, t- uh, Toronto. 4.21 ERA. You want to get ourselves a series win today? I wouldn't hate it. June 29, 2009. The Phillies are 26 and 49. Oh, can you say winning streak? Okay, we won the series. Okay. In this one, we had a 2-1 to one lead. Blah, blah, blah. Keep messing up words tonight. 2-1 to one lead. Then it was... When we were 4-1, to one, then it was 4-3. to three, Then it was 5-3. to three, Then it was 5-4. to four, And we held on for the win. Hamels went seven and two thirds, gave up three earned runs, seven strikeouts, two walks, pitched well. Crane finished up the eighth, walked two. He must have let in a run. Maybe he didn't. No, he didn't let up a run, I guess. And Madsen pitched a scoreless night. So that's good. Um, Matt Stairs hit another home run. Jimmy Rollins hit a home run. Ryan Howard hit a home run. Johnny Gomes hit a home run, so a lot of uh, home runs tonight, probably a bunch of solo shots, and that's it. Five to four win. We got it. Good. Um, So what have Jesse Crane's numbers been like since he came over to us? Because he he was struggling initially, and then, you know, we 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 were interested in him because his, his ratings were so high, even if his statistics weren't. But how has he actually done since he came over? 14 innings, 1.93 ERA, 13 strikeouts, 7 walks. K per 9 is 8.4. His walk per 9 is 4.5. So slightly higher walk per 9, but can't argue with the other numbers. Uh, He looks good. Yeah, so so far the walks haven't hurt him, um, but it would be nice if uh, he still cut down on them so that they don't hurt him in the future. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to regress a little bit in some respect, and the walks are probably going to hurt him in some way, but... If they do, he won't turn into, hopefully, like a Chad Durbin. He'll only be a slightly less version of himself right now, you know? So. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, good. We're now the worst team in baseball in the power rankings. All right. Russell Brand. I just got to tell you that Russell Brannion, Mark Reynolds, and Jermaine Dye, they may not be the three guys that you care less about now in 2018, <laughs> 2017. They are the three guys who lead baseball in home runs right now. Really? Yeah. Brannion, Reynolds, and Dye. It's good. Appreciate it. June 30th, 2009, the Phillies are 26-49. and 49. It's an off day. Why don't we talk about the waiver wire and guys who can maybe fill in some gaps in our roster. And we have tons of gaps, so this makes for a thrilling conversation. Won't you join us? Eric Stoltz is on the waiver wire. He's 29 years old, Dodgers system. He's on the Dodgers. He's having a tough year there with a 9 ERA, 3 strikeouts, 2 walks. But... He's had a pretty decent track record before that, and his overall is a 30. His potential is a 55, and he gives you four pitches that are all – five pitches, excuse me, that are all at least average to above average. And his stuff's a 50, his movement's a 45 to a 55, and his control's a 45. So he's a very, like, slightly above average pitcher who is on waivers right now. Okay, and what is he making? 402000 Okay, so almost nothing. Um, and I, I guess he could be used as a starter or a reliever. Um, he was mostly a starter uh, in his career, obviously. But um, that is kind of the type of pitching that we need, right? Like, we're not going to get an ace this time of year. No. Um, but we do just kind of need guys who aren't terrible. And he's left-handed, so I, I don't know. Uh, he, he, he might give us another left-handed option, too. Yeah, and he's a 70 stamina, so as you said, you know, he's got the ability to be a starter. Um, he is out of option years, so we'd have to be on the Major League roster regardless. Uh, scouting report, there's nothing wrong about his disposition, so he looks like a pretty decent pickup. Um, our roster right now, we have 38 on the 40-man, so we could afford to bring him in to that role. If we put him in the major leagues, you know, we have to make a move with one of the relievers. I mean, we could wait probably a game until Hurley's done, or we could, I mean, we could even put him on the 40-man, I think, and, and then... I don't know how it works exactly, but we could we could jam him in is what I'm trying to say. We could jam him into the roster if we need to. I mean, Jeff Soup, like he's making a lot of money, but we can bite the bullet if we really wanted to because I at this point don't care anymore about you know salutations with him. Yeah, and Soup is a clubhouse cancer. We learned uh, only seconds after we acquired him, so that would be he's definitely a guy who I'd be comfortable seeing leave. Uh, looking at who else we have here. Um, I mean, the, the Hurley swap is, is an option, too. If Hurley gives up, uh, like, nine runs again or whatever it was, um, then Stoltz gives us a way to option him without having to bring up a guy who is on the edge, whose development means a lot to us. Yeah. I think it's potentially a smart move. If I mean... 
I'd almost still like to give Rodrigo Lopez a shot if we needed a starter or whatever you to, you know, kind of take up a spot real quick. Because he's just, I think, sort of demonstrated that he should be that guy for the moment. But at the very least, you have probably a decent enough middle reliever in him. Yeah, I think so, too. And Rodrigo Lopez, I think, is on the last year of his contract. So it might be a way to build his value to get him more innings. And being a starter instead of a reliever might be a way to do that. So what do you think? Well, uh, do you want to wait a day and then claim Stoltz, or do you want to claim Stoltz now and, and see if we can find room for him, or, or what do you want to do? Let's claim him because it won't go through immediately, um, and then we could we could see what happens with Hurley tonight, and then we can make our move tomorrow. Okay, yeah, let's claim him, and then you get a, even it takes a few days for it to happen, and then you have a few days before you actually have to assign him anywhere also. So I think we have plenty of time, and our claim will almost definitely go through because we are terrible. Our record's very poor. Um, so we will get priority, and uh, and then so I'm assuming that we'll we'll get him. Well, the claim's been accepted, so I made the call. So uh, we'll see what happens. As long as he clears, uh, he'll be ours, and then we can do what we have to do. Meanwhile, Eric Hurley's on the mound against the Braves. Are you ready for Eric Hurley Part Two? I don't know if I'm ready for that, <laughs> but. There are a lot of things in life that you have to do before you know if you're ready for them or not. So let's let's go ahead and let Eric Hartley pitch. Lineup for tonight, Rollins at shortstop. Dobbs is hitting second at third base. Utley third, Howard fourth, Worth fifth, Abani sixth, Stairs seventh in right field. It's probably a disaster. Uh, Coast eighth at catcher. So a different catcher. We'll see what happens there. So Charlie Manuel going with the defensive lineup for Eric Hartley tonight. Well, I mean, it kind of like you said, it can't get worse than last start. So uh, we'll see. I don't really even care what the lineup is anymore. Just, just seeing stairs and Abanis in the corners and Dobbs at third base has got to make Hurley feel really comfortable tonight. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Everything that reaches the outfield is automatically a double. We'll be right back with more playing the Rube. But first, a poll question for you listeners. If you are listening along, you will know that we have Eric Hurley on the mound for his second start as a Philly in our team. And we picked him up before the season started as a minor league signing. And he's made his way to the majors after a decent season in Lehigh Valley. Our question to you is, do you think Eric Hurley should be part of our plans for the future? talking 2010 and beyond. Yes, he's only a 25, I believe, in overall and potential. He still has some good numbers. Do you think we should hold on to him for next year and beyond? At the very least, he could be depth. At the very worst, he's the number one starter. I don't think that's going to happen next year. But nonetheless, should we keep him? Let us know. Email me at tim at philliesnation.com with your answer, whether you think he should be part of our long-term plans or not. Eric Hurley, pitcher, Philadelphia Phillies. Again, email me at tim at philliesnation.com with your thoughts. Thanks. Back to the podcast. July 1st, 2009, the Phillies are 26 and 50. Let me just refresh you. We had an off day two days ago, not a day ago. Uh, The first game of the series was the 30th. 
which was against the Braves. Now it's the first, so we're recapping that. Now back to regularly scheduled program in which we thought Eric Hurley was pitching well, but Charlie Manuel kept him in way too long, and then we had to have some tough conversations. It was an 11-5 to loss. That really sucks. And... I mean, there's no excuse for Eric Hurley even starting that seventh inning. No, absolutely not. I I get what you mean about hitting for him, and like I I got why he didn't in that in that first inning uh, in that inning where we scored all his runs. I got why he was trying to leave him in, but as soon as we took the lead, you have to manage differently. And we've even said. We've worked with Charlie Manuel about wanting to pinch it for pitchers more. We've put max pitch counts on guys. You know, we've given him every indication that we don't feel confident in our starters completely right now, and he needs to manage that correctly. Yeah, and uh, he, I mean, all year he's been leaving guys in too long, and I don't know what else to do to stop it. I mean... Are we at a point where we need to think hard about the future of the manager position on the team? Yeah, I think that I don't think we need to can him like today, but I think that we need to consider uh, we need to continue considering it. Now, what does that mean? Um, I don't know. I mean, like we should be thinking about having somebody else for next year. I think. Um, but I don't know necessarily if we have to fire him like today. Um, but too many more things with, with pitchers being left in too long or, or weird lineups will not be earning him any favors. Yeah, I'm I'm worried because he's doing this to guys who we don't – they need to develop confidence. They need to develop the fact – they need to develop, you know – oh, we can pitch in the majors, and that's not happening here. For him, for Hellickson, for, you know, even like Hap, even like Price and when Kazmir was healthy, you know, just this is, this is bad. Playing the Rube is a Phillies Nation production, philliesnation.com. You can go there today for all of your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, and more. Thanks to Brian Michael for the production. Uh, he's the creator of PhilliesNation.com. Thanks to Dan Walsh for always putting up with me. And thanks to BenSound.com for the music. Next time on Playing the Rube, we will go further into July and set ourselves up for an interesting trade deadline season. Please be ready for that. Until next time, I'm Tim Malcolm. See you later.